So today's episode, I'm not even going to clickbait you. I'm going to be really, really open. Today we talk about poison, how you're drinking it without even realizing it, and how you have the magic elixir, plus my top seven book recommendations that will absolutely rocket fuel your success with a few little secret tricks. And so now, please, and I mean please, for the grace of whatever it is that you worship, go listen to this episode and make sure that you are not getting poisoned anymore and that you have plenty of the elixir waiting. So let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. We're back with another episode, and I had to do this one. I have to. We're going to call this one The Poison is Sneaky. The Poison is Sneaky. And we're going to start today's episode with a Facebook post that I wrote. And this Facebook post is single-handedly responsible for my biggest transformation in my entire life, my business, my happiness, my marriage, my parenting in the last 18 months and what I write in this post. And I titled it, The Poison is Sneaky. So after we talk about the poison and being sneaky, I'm going to tell you how not to get the poison. How you don't have to drink the poison and how you can drink the remedy. How you can fill yourself with the elixir. But we got to talk about the poison first. The poison is sneaky. A single 15-minute workout increases your brain's ability and efficiency to create neural networks required learning. So that means when you are moving and working out, your brain is actually more efficient and retaining information and programming your subconscious as compared to being dormant. Now think about that for a second. When you moved last, what were you listening to? Guns, drugs, be trash, like swear words, cuss words, songs about scarcity, the world is happening to me songs, my life is miserable songs, Uh, listening to the news of people complaining about everything. Like, think about it. When the last time you moved, walked, worked out, even drove, like just apply this to everywhere, what was the last thing that you were listening to? See, every moment of your day, you are absorbing information and training yourself on how you see and how you show up in the world. It's not in the 20 minutes of reading or the 30 minutes of meditation. Those help but it's in the other 23 hours a day that the teachings are happening that have a compound effect three months, six months, nine months from now that an hour a day can't untrain. As it's been said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, I think that deserves an update. You are the average of the 24 hours of programming you allow into your world. 18 months ago, I made a rule that I wasn't allowed to listen to music with lyrics unless it was from a shaman or it was just instrumentals. Then I took it one step further and said, in any moment of my life, I only have the option to choose one of the following six things. Number one, silence. 
Try it working out. Noise-canceling headphones with nothing. Driving in silence. Number two, audiobooks that I intentionally choose to either propel me forward or, I think it's fiction, words that aren't real that are good, positive stories. Number three, shamanic music. Number four, instrumentals. Number five, incantations or affirmations, i.e. like guided meditations, positive affirmation tracks. I mean, Tony Robbins, Eckhart Tolle, or even better, affirmations that I record in my own voice. There's an amazing app out there called Subliminal. And you can record your own affirmations in your own voice and listen to them, which gives your brain it's like a fast forward button because your brain recognizes your own voice. And so there's that one. And number six is musicians with positive messages and music. And so two musicians that I'm obsessed with lately are uh, Will Evans and Satsang. Uh, and they actually tour together. Trevor Hall is another one. And so I listen to music about presence and consciousness and forgiveness and growth and love and all those things. So if it has lyrics, I listen to it. India RE is another one that I listen to um, and a lot of those different pieces. And so I should probably finish reading my post. So the number six was musician lyrics from positive musicians. So I wonder if that has any impact on the fact that everything in my life has been a rocket ship, including my happiness. So my question is, are you aware of all the programs that you are installing in your computer every day? And are those programs propelling you forward or are they holding you back? Now, I wrote this post the first time a year ago and then I updated it and then I really have had the chance lately to look back and see the positive effects of this decision in my life. I don't watch television. We don't have cable, so I don't watch the news. Um, I don't consume much social media um, outside of people that I'm supporting, like my mastermind or my students or my friends. I try not to consume any agendized media. I try to make sure that anything I'm consuming, I'm controlling, I'm intentional with. And when I say that the poison is sneaky, I can literally see a direct correlation between what I've allowed in or what I've even allowed to touch me and my success and my happiness. And so I don't think I can ever go back to just blatantly listening to the radio or watching the news or letting other people dictate what I do or consume, I have to stay intentionally consuming because it is literally me writing the programming of my supercomputer that runs me every single day. And yes, I still have sadness and anger and joy and trauma and all these different emotions that I experience but I don't numb them out by disconnecting, distraction. I intentionally sit with them and then I'll listen to the right thing or I'll journal or I'll do something. But when I say the poison is sneaky, I realized that a most of my career when I had success and lost it was because I became victim to the noise of the outside world. I started to believe what I was hearing or comparing myself to others or listening to other people complain or finding skepticism when I didn't have any before. And I've now very much realized the power of what I allow into my space. And just to be clear, 
I still have FOMO sometimes. I still have fear of missing out. Like, oh, what if I know? And like, I'll still catch a headline on social and want to go dive down the rabbit hole and Google it. But then I ask myself, why? Like, is my life going to be any better knowing what happened in that scandal? Is my life going to be any better knowing what happened in that fraud? Am I going to be a better husband, a better father, a better human, a better business owner, a better entrepreneur? Am I going to help you listen to this more by reading about that? Probably not. And I still catch myself. Like, I'll find that I'll catch myself reading it and I won't do it anymore. I'll stop the activity and I'll shift it. But the poison is sneaky. And whether we like it or not, we are surrounded by negative programming. We are surrounded by scarcity, by not good enough conversation. Like literally, like, for example, like the women's makeup industry. I was listening to Brene Brown talk about the power of vulnerability. And she was talking about this, that if the entire cosmetics industry, if women, just women, I mean, there's a men's industry too, but if women went on strike and stopped buying cosmetic products, makeup like makeup, like any of that for a week, it would shift the GDP of the world. Like it would, it would adjust the economy so much that it would literally shift the entire economic structure of the world because that industry is predicated on you're not pretty enough, you don't look good enough, your skin's not clear enough, you're not here. And in one week, it would disrupt the entire global economy. That is mind-blowing. But when we think about most marketing, a lot of it harps on pain and a lot of it harps on us staying in pain, right? You think about that. And so when we know that we're surrounded by that, televisions, drama, reality televisions, controversy, headlines, war, blah, like we're not sitting here watching the happy-go-lucky news. And for whatever we see reported on the inference of that, Maybe that's not the right word. Whatever you see reported on the other side of that, there's also positive stories to report on, but those don't get attention. Those don't get consumption. But we have to be really intentional about what we consume and what we allow in. Now, like when I go to the doctor's office, like I can't control what's on the TV, but I can read a book or put some headphones in. I'm just not watching it, right? And so the poison is sneaky. And I wrote this post around my workouts because for years I only worked out to music. And one of the hardest things that I did was I started working out in silence. Now, I'm, I'm one of those interesting people. When I would run, I would always like to run in silence and just listen to nature. But when I was in the gym, I always wanted to listen to music, the hard stuff or anything. And I started working out in silence. And running was easy for me. But working out like lifting weights and moving a lot in silence was actually really difficult. And most gyms play loud music. So I just started using my noise-canceling headphones and keeping them on. And man, were there some interesting thoughts in there of like self-doubt, you can't do it, do one more, like without any external fuel whatsoever. But it ended up being really, really powerful for me. And now what's really funny is when I work out with heavy weights, I actually listen to like lectures from <laughs> philosophers or doctors or audiobooks or things like that. Like now I don't even listen to music when I work out. I just listen to good positive talks. But I wrote this post because I was I was going through that phase and it was really interesting because as my body is working out and moving, I have an increased ability in my brain to create neural networks for learning. And so as I'm working out, I'm actually more absorbful of all that stuff coming in. And I worked out once or twice a day and I was thinking about like all that rap music that I listened to and things like that and what it was saying and what I wasn't even like consciously hearing but was subconsciously programming my body 
was subconsciously programming the computer that would then go relate to my wife, relate to my customers, relate to my team, and wondered why I was acting or behaving the way that I was because I was a little disconnected from self and my values because something else had programmed it in. And so I wanted to talk about this because, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as people that are, listen, you're listening to this podcast, you're changing the world at the end. Thank you for doing the work that you do. But your job isn't to shine somebody else's light. Your job is to shine your light. Your light is what makes the difference. Your light, your light signature, the brightness of your light, your message, your product, your story, your offer, the way that you lead your team, the way that you lead your family, the way that you speak words into people, the way that you speak words in yourself. Like every single thing that you do is your gift. And the more time that you have connected to you and your intuition in that space, the brighter your light becomes. It's your message, not somebody else's message. That stuff isn't going to help your message. I need you to spend more time (laughs) in relationship with you and your message or disseminating your message. Like instead of listening to the music, go make music. Instead of listening, just go do a live video, make content, do something. But either way, I say this, Jim Quick said this on the podcast. People I talk to all the time talk about this clinical psychologists I study talk about this. The best professors in the world on behavior talk about this. You need to be intentional about every single thing that comes into your world. Every single thing that you hear, that you watch, that you listen to, you have to be intentional about it, including the environments that you're in. Dinners with your friends. I mean, my wife and I are very, 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 very selective about who we hang out with. And we'll give anybody a chance. But if we go to dinner and people start gossiping, like, that's it. We're done. Like, we've left dinners before. Like, I just don't want to be around it. She doesn't want to be around it. But then we go to dinner with our amazing friends. Like, I'll, I'll, first person came to mind was Stefano Stefandos and Christine Hasser, two absolute dear people. And the whole conversation is about how amazing people are and how good they're doing in the world and what difference they're making and how we can do this. And that's what we surround ourselves with. And we become the product of that environment, but it's not always just with people. It's with books and radio shows and podcasts and social media and the news and television shows. And yeah, even the subliminal messaging in movies and some shows that like we love. And I have some guilty pleasures. Yellowstone is my guilty pleasure. Hence why I moved to Montana. And even that, like there were some episodes uh, we went to watch it again, and I actually stopped watching it. I couldn't, I couldn't watch some of the episodes. They didn't make me feel good. And so it's just really interesting to watch. And so I'm going to challenge everybody listening to this uh, to be very intentional about what you consume. So I'm going to go over the six things again that I've allowed myself to consume, and then I'm going to give my seven top current book recommendations on really filling my tank. Um, I'm going to give my top seven book recommendations on really like filling my tank that I think are really powerful around this topic, right? So I want you to try this. And and please, please shoot me a DM. Like I would love to know if you've done this. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I would love for you to make some micro adjustments. You've done this before. Oh my God, I've done that. Like that's amazing. When I did this post on Facebook, um, I had like 50 responses. Yes, I only listen to this. I only listen to this. And the amount of joy and happiness from these people makes me happy. And I'm like, why didn't one of you tell me this 25 years ago? Why didn't one of you tell me this 15 years ago? This is new to me, um, but it's really, really powerful. And so when I cut out all the noise, all of that stuff, these were the six things, again, 
that I allowed myself to consume or be with. Number one was silence. Number two is audiobooks that are positive. Um, number three was shamanic music. Um, like for those wondering, like Icaros, um, which I recorded some of them. I recorded some live in Costa Rica and then I download some of them. Number four, uh, musical instrumentals. Number five, incantations or affirmations. Um, either somebody else's, but I would also empower you and challenge you to record your own, get the app subliminal and write out some power statements for you. Like I am a loving husband. I am powerful. I am abundant. I'm changing the world. I run a $7 million company. I am 185 pounds. I am lean, mean, yummy machine steel. And my wife pursues me. Like I am the best father in the world. I donate $10 million a year to charity, whatever it is, record it in your own voice and listen to it every day. And then number six, positive music. Now, some of the music I listen to has story in it about coming from ashes and depth, but it's a part of a story. It's not harping on it. It's like, I came from that and I have a past and I've made mistakes in my past. I was an addict. I've lost a lot of money. I've hurt people. And now from those stories, I choose something different. And so just ensure that what you're doing is keeping you positive and propelling you forward. So those are the six things that I recommend that you consume. One other thing, bonus one, is if you're not consuming, leave space so you can create. So like if you go into the sauna, just sit there in silence and watch what happens. You'll consume your own thoughts and you'll have the best clarity you've ever had. Go sit on the couch, look out the window, and just stare at nothing and practice boredom for 30 minutes. Watch what comes up. So the bonus one is space. And I say it in silence, but like really intentional space. And so now that you have that, these are the seven book recommendations that I have. I just actually finished re-going through each one of these seven books. And I'll share a little bit of like why I like them, what my big takeaways were for them. And then I think today is going to be a shorter episode. So I'm really proud of that one. We might hit like 23 minutes or so taking a sip of my lemon LaCroix because I feel fancy today. Book number one. I'm going to preface book number one with a statement that I learned to love and understand more and more every single day. You are guaranteed to be in a relationship with one person for the rest of your life, and that is you. And it is a relationship that needs to be practiced and pursued no different than your significant other, than your kids, than your business partners. It has to be pursued. So book recommendation number one, love yourself like your life depends on it by Kamal Ravikant. Love yourself like your life depends on it by Kamal Ravikant. And as a bonus, him and his brother are both geniuses. I listen to everything that they post and put out. Love yourself like your life depends on it by Kamal Ravikant because you are stuck with you for the rest of your life. And so I highly recommend loving it and nurturing that relationship over everything else. Number two, number two. Now, number two is an author I found through cold therapy and cold therapy is what created an understanding of this concept for me that has been pivotal in my life. So book number two is The Wedge by Scott Carney. Now, Scott Carney wrote another book. I think it's along the lines of like, what doesn't kill us? Um, how cold exposure. He studied Wim Hof. I got into cold therapy and breath work through Wim Hof. 
cold therapy is what helped me start to be more proactive and less reactive to situations outside of myself. It was huge for my PTSD, my nightmares, the things that I struggle with. And so book number two is The Wedge by Scott Carney. And basically my summary of this book is this book talks about and gives you ways to teach yourself on how to control your autonomic nervous system. So when the world happens, when trauma happens, when your ad account gets shut down, that employee quits, when you lose money, that you are given the moment of awareness to pause and choose your response instead of reacting. And so it puts you in the driver's seat of awareness and gives you tools to train yourself to be able to hold what's coming in from the world so you can respond versus react. Book number three. Book number three. The secret to life. The secret to life. The thing that we don't appreciate until it's taken away and that most people wish they could have one more of. Breath. So the book is Breathe by James Nestor. Now I had done breath work and understood breath work and used breath work, but once I read this book, it changed my relationship and I realized how breathing is the secret weapon of success for entrepreneurs and human beings that utilize it. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I could not do this book justice. Breathe more, but breathe more now and then after you finish that book. Breathe by James Nestor. Book number four, in my opinion, is a manuscript, a manual of how you should live your life and how you should live in business. This book is a playbook. It is literally a playbook that guarantees your success both in life and in business. And this book is called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. It'll change everything. Guaranteed. If you use this book as a manual, there is zero way, and I mean zero way, that you can lose in life or in business. So book number four is The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Now, book number five is about toxic thinking. And toxic thinking uh, is something I didn't really understand. And toxic thinking, when eliminated, is just a simple choice in the way that we have an internal dialogue and the way that we relate to certain things. This book is by an author named Jamie Smart. And this book is a really easy read or a really easy listen. It is called The Little Book of Clarity. The Little Book of Clarity by Jamie Smart. And let me give you the overview and the premise for me. So basically, I lived most of my entrepreneurial career of, I'll do this when, right? I'll buy that when. I will start working out when I hit this number. I will hire this employee when I get that. I will spend more time with my family when I hit that thing. Well, here's the truth is that thing never comes because the finish line always moves. And so toxic thinking is thinking just that, that there's any other moment but now. And it gives really simple tools and practices to shift that thinking to create the results now, which actually amplify everything that you do. And so that book is absolutely amazing. Book number six Books number six is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Now, I might have an affinity for this book because I was in the military and I really appreciate directness, but Jocko, 
I don't care if you've heard of him or not, the way that he delivers the wisdom through his life experience and what he has is mind-blowing. Jocko was a commander in the Navy SEALs. I believe I don't remember his specific rank. He was in the Navy SEALs uh, for most of his career and has seen stuff that most human beings should never wish that another human being saw. Uh, He has had experience with things that most people never experience. And the way that he delivers this, plus being a husband, a father, and a, a human being... Uh, is just absolutely beautiful to me. And so I've never met Jocko personally. Um, I consume a lot of his content. Um, I love his books. I love a lot of his social posts. I love the example that he is. But this book, Extreme Ownership, is really, really an important concept to understand. Like as a human being, no one's coming to save us. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, no one's coming to save us. Like if you have low sales, nobody's going to come magically show up at your doorstep and bring you on a unicorn, a sales bucket. We have to find the solution. We have to empower somebody, inspire somebody, do it ourselves. Nobody's coming to fix that situation. Nobody's coming to have that hard conversation. Nobody's going to come lose the weight for us or make the money for us or change this for us. Only we are. And back when I used to be in the personal development world, when I was going through trainings, you know, they always used to say 100% responsible 100% of the time. And it was this concept that I really didn't understand. And what took me a long time to understand, it wasn't, it wasn't even the fact that like I might be responsible. It's the fact that I look at every situation like I am responsible, which empowers me to always choose my next input. And so no one's coming to save us. Nobody's coming to save me. And so extreme ownership is a very, very amazing way and an amazing book that reminds me of that and gives me the tools required to put me in action. And then my final book, my final book is about perspective. And my final book is about deep perspective uh, because I, I have a story in my life, right? I've experienced a life that I've utilized as a story. I have um, life experiences that most people, when I share them, give me sympathy or empathy. Um, and I have a story that I've been able to hide behind before where my story has been my crutch. It's been my distraction. It's been my kind of excuse card, my get out of jail free card. Like I don't have to do the whole work side of the story. And I used to hide behind this story. And my story was missing some perspective because I wasn't using my story for good all the time. I was using my story, but I didn't know better at the time. I was just afraid to feel and afraid to be really vulnerable with those close to me. But this book, oh man, I listen to this book like once every six months. And this book just has a way. It has a way of like slapping reality into me, like slapping perspective into me where I was like, I would give anything to have my life again a hundred times over from this book. And though that book is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I can't say anything else about that book. Um, I won't even do it justice. If you have never read or listened to that book, do it. If you have, listen to it again and then consume a lot more of Viktor Frankl's work. I found writings from him and things like that. It is absolutely mind-blowing. So, today's episode was about poison. And I promised you at the beginning of the episode that you don't have to have the poison. You don't have to drink the poison, but I have the elixir and the elixir came in this episode. So make some rules for yourself on what you consume. Make some containers around what you allow to program your supercomputer. Set yourself up to win and make sure that every moment of every day you are programming that supercomputer with something that is going to help you move forward. Life is limited. 
time is limited. You're listening to this because you're changing the world. And I want to help you change the world. I want to amplify your message. I want you to amplify mine. And I need you to have the most fortified, strongest boat in the world so it can withstand any hurricane or use a lighthouse today. I'm all nautical. You know this, right? The strongest lighthouse that can withstand any hurricane, any gale force wind, any erosion, an earthquake. I want your lighthouse to withstand an atomic bomb or a nuclear blast. That's how strong it is. And the only way to fortify it is to intentionally fill it, to build it and build it from the inside out. So on the outside, it looks the same, but the inside, it's untouchable but you can't let little things erode at it over and over and over again. And so find a way, find a way to eliminate the poison and start drinking the elixir. Those seven books again, just so you have them. Love yourself like your life depends on it was number one. The Wedge was number two. Breathe was number three. The Go-Giver was number four. The Little Book of Clarity was number five. Extreme Ownership was number six. And Man's Search for Meaning was number seven. And that brings us to 28 minutes or so in the episode. So wasn't 25. I went a little bit over, but thank you for being here with me again. Thank you for sharing another episode with me. And I would love to hear from you on Instagram. I said that earlier. My Instagram is it's George Bryant, I-T-S, George Bryant. I am the one that personally responds there. If you send me a message, I will send you one back. I will send you a video. I would love to hear from you what you thought of today's episode, um, what you listened to. Have you done this before? What have the results been? But either way, I want to connect there or in our Facebook group, but shoot me a DM on Instagram, slide into those DMs. But this has been another episode of The Mind of George Show, which is its own journey. Somebody earlier was interviewing me and they're like, listening to you is like going on an adventure, like a psychedelic adventure without the drugs. And I was like, yeah, you listen to what I share. You can imagine what happens on the inside of my brain. But either way, I absolutely love this. I love you. I love you for listening. Thank you for giving me the gift of time. This is another episode. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. I will either see you in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. But either way, you know what time it is. It's time to cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.